even get started, I kind of have a certain philosophy that I adhere to. And that philosophy is this, that the leader always has to go first. And so I think as we start this morning's message, we need to start off with a little bit of repentance. So this morning, I would like to repent for all 21.74 pounds of delicious butterball goodness, drenched in butter and salt and pepper and garlic and baked at 325 to perfection. Not only that, I'd also like to repent for 14.37 pounds of another turkey fried in deep, deep southern grease, injected with seasonings, Cajun and salts and peppers and garlics, and then consumed at the Granger household. All of it. All that turkey. I don't know where the line is for, you know, you've crossed the line, but I'm sure we were definitely bumping it up this holiday season. It was fun. It was a lot of good, uh, good times. Um, I hope everyone had a really good Thanksgiving. Proverbs chapter 20 and 5 says this, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw them out. Now, upon first reading this verse, I kind of thought to myself, is it sure that it was supposed to say man? Because let's, let's be honest, like guys, we're kind of surface. Like, what are you talking about deep waters? Guys, are kind of, you ever ask a guy like, hey, how was your day? Good. Hey, what do you think about that? That's cool. You ask a woman, how was your day? 30 minutes later. So you're saying, what? You had a good day? And so you're like, God, shouldn't this read counsel in the heart of woman? It's like deep waters. Like, no, no, it's man. Like, maybe this is kind of... No, but, but the reality of it is uh, all of us, there, even us guys, there's some deep stuff down in there. But it takes a little more to bring it out. Because we want to give you the one-word answer. How was your day? Well, oh, good. And then, then, then she starts to prod. Well, well, tell me about it. And then she begins to draw out some of the deep waters. See, there's some deep waters inside of all of us. I guarantee you right now that there's some things in your heart and in your mind and your life, there's some things that you don't even speak out loud. There's some hopes and some dreams and some visions that God has given you that even you're almost afraid to even voice it because if I say it out loud, that kind of makes it real. And I don't even want to tell anybody about this. I can't even tell my best friends about this because they'll just think I'm crazy. And it's one of those things we kind of keep hidden in our heart. We keep it way down deep and we don't talk about, but every day it's in the back of our mind. Every day there's that thought of, man, what about this? And the question that I want to raise this morning is, what if all of those deep waters all of those deep passions and desires and all of those things that God has placed in your heart, what if they began to rise to the surface? Would you take hold of it? Would you take hold of it? Would you step out into that dream and that vision that God has given you? But what happens, especially within us men, we have structured our life uh, in such a way that we, we want structure and security. And we kind of want to know that man, it's going to be all right 20 steps down the road. And this is, this is almost counterintuitive 
in some ways, to the thing that God has put inside of us for, man, we long for the adventure. We long for the excitement. We long for the unknowing. We long for the, I, I don't, I'm just not sure if this is going to work, but I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to try this thing. There's there's a longing in our spirit. There's something that wants to do this thing, but we've kind of structured everything around, well, I'll do this for 30 years, and and I'll retire, and I'll get a pension, and I'll 401k it, and I'll do all of these things. And and we go to work on Monday, and it's just, oh, one more T99 report. I'm just going to, and all of these things, and we're just, just waiting and something within us, to use the parable, wants to step out and walk on the water. Something within us wants to just get out of the boat. But this idea, the safety and the security of, uh, of, of the boat keeps us at the dock. It keeps us always wondering. But here's what I would submit. That the safety of the boat isn't so safe. And I think here in America, we're learning that now, that all of the things that for so long everyone told us was a safe and a sure way to live our lives and to do these things, we're starting to realize that's not so safe anymore. As a matter of fact, living the American dream that way is a whole lot riskier than living this life of faith that God's called us to. And that, and, and that the security of the American dream and what it provides, and I mean, you just do these simple steps and, and, and you, you go to college and, and you get a good job and you, you work 40 hours a week and you do that for 30 years and you get your check and you do these things and you have a house and the white picket fence and, and social security kicks in and you're going to be okay. And then, and then half of us in here are like, that's not going to happen. And we're realizing, wait, hold on, there has to be something more. That's a whole lot riskier than what God's calling us to do. Um, maybe, maybe this was a year ago. I was having dinner with a couple. And they began to, we began to talk, and I was just telling them a little bit about the church. And, and they asked me this question, well, you know, are you going to be with the church you know, for the rest of your life and all of these things? And... You know, are, you know, 30 years down the road, what, what does the vision look like and all this stuff? And to which I replied to them, this is what you, this is what you want me to tell you. You want me to tell you that I'm going to be here for life and that I'm, I'm always going to be your pastor and that, and that in 30 years the church is going to look like this and we're going to be doing this, this, and this. And, and I said, that's what you want to hear because that's the safe, secure, and, and it gives you a roadmap. But that's not what you need. What you need is a pastor that says, listen, I don't know exactly where God's telling us to go. I don't know exactly where we'll be at in 30 years. I I don't know what God's going to tell me to do, but we're just going to listen to and obey him. And I know that's not what you want to hear, but that's what you need to hear. You need to hear that. You You need a little bit of unknowing, adventure, excitement. Because the reality is all of us have that question. We question God, well, God, this thing that you've put into my heart and into my spirit and into my life, well, well, if I do it, if I step out of the boat, I'm going to succeed, right? I, I'm not going to fail. If I'm going to do the thing that you're telling me to do, if I'm going to allow some of these deep waters to rise to the surface and, and, and grab hold of them, I, I'm going to succeed, right? And to which God replies, step out of the boat and find out. 
See, no, 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 God. I want to know that if I do this, you'll do this, and everything's going to be okay. But hold on, let's back up, and let's look at some of, some of these guys in the Bible. Imagine uh, uh, Moses for a minute. God talks to him, has this amazing experience, and, and says, listen, this is, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go, you're going to talk to this Pharaoh, you're going to talk to him, you're going to tell him to let my people go, this is what's going to happen. But you know what? You're going to fail. Not only are you going to fail once, you're going to fail again, and again, and again. And every time you think that he's going to let, let him go, nope, you're going to fail again. But at some point... He's going to listen, and it's going to succeed. I think sometimes God's like that. Like, you know what? Sometimes you're going to fail, and again, and again, and again, and again. But in the end, I'm going to come through. Or I think about some of the prophets. God speaks to the prophets and says, hey, listen, I'm sending you to this group of people, and I'm going to give you this message that I'm putting in your heart, and you're going to speak this message to the people. But you know what? They're not going to listen. Wait, wait a minute, hold on, God, hold, hold on. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not going to listen at all to any of the things you, that you have to say. Now go and do it. Or, or Paul. Paul. Paul's had this, this encounter with Christ, and, and, and the Bible says this, now go, for I'm going to show him all of the things that he must suffer for my namesake. Wait a minute, hold on. I'm coming to Jesus now. I, I got saved and baptized and all these things. Things are supposed to get better. What are you talking about? All these things that, hold on, hold on. And see, sometimes it kind of reads like this kind of job resume. Where in some form or fashion, we've been sold the idea that, man, come to God. Everything's going to work out. You're never going to fail again. God's going to call you into something, and you're just going to walk on the water, and you're never going to sink. And there's going to be things that God tells you to do, and it's just going to work out. All the doctor's reports are going to be just A+. plus. And all of these things, and that's not really what God says. He says, listen, come and die. Blessed are those that are persecuted for my name's sake. Blessed are you when you're lied about and all manners of evil is set against you. As a matter of fact, some of you guys are going to get killed for the gospel. There's going to be separation because of the gospel. But in the end, there is this great reward. But not only is there just in the end a great reward, that you could be blessed through the whole process. In the 19, early 1900s, uh, there's a story of over in London. They were getting ready to do a polar expedition. And this one captain of a boat, uh, his name was Shackleton, uh, he put a call out in the paper, a uh, classified. And in the classified says this, wanted for polar expedition, men for a hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours, complete darkness, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. They had thousands of people apply because deep inside of the heart of man, that's what we long for. There's the adventure. There, there's the unknowing. There's the, you know what? I might get killed doing this thing. And Jesus is saying the exact same thing. Listen, to, to, to come to Christ isn't a safe bet. To, to come to Christ, that means, man, there, there's a whole world that is now going to be against you. They're going to be, they're, the enemy is going to do everything he can to fight against you. He, he's going to do whatever he can to get at you, to get at your family, to mess you up. 
It's a battle that you are entering in on. It's a call. And it's unlike anything that you've ever experienced. Jesus is calling you into the greatest adventure that you will ever take. He's calling you into the holy wild. And it's a life of faith. I want to read this morning from the book of Luke in chapter 5. I know in your bulletin it says Philippians 4, but we're actually going to read from Luke 5 about a certain calling that Jesus did. So Luke 5, beginning with verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaretat, or something like that, however you pronounce that word. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Now when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, now launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and they filled the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he and all who were with him, they were astonished at the catch of fish in which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and, and were the partners with, partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook, forsook all to follow Jesus. So imagine the scene. Jesus is being pressed in by a large crowd, uh, so much so that he sees this boat. He says, let me grab into this boat, and he uses this boat as a pulpit. He's speaking to the crowd. Uh, meanwhile, alongside, Peter's over there, and he's washing his net because they have been working all night long trying to catch fish, and they've come up short. They've caught nothing. Uh, and and he, he uses this word. We've been doing this all night. We have toiled. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you've just been working and working and working, but all of your work is just toil? That no matter how hard you work, it's just like we're not getting anywhere. No matter what you do, it just doesn't work. Maybe you're at a moment in your life where you're making more money than you've ever made before, but somehow you're still broke. Uh, You're at a point in your life where you have more free time than ever, and yet you're still depressed. Or, or you have more power and more fame than you ever dreamed about, but on the inside, you're still lonely. It just seems like it's all toil. And there's something inside you that realizes, man, maybe I've been chasing the wrong dream. Because all it leads to is just more and more toil. You've been, you've been wildly successful only to be greatly disappointed. You've gotten all of the things that you dreamed about, and yet it just feels like more and more toil. This morning, maybe you came to church, 
and you came to church, and uh, you're kind of like Peter washing the nets. I'm just trying to, to get, I'm in maintenance mode. I'm just going to try and get through another week. I've been working hard and working hard, but I just keep coming up empty. Maybe next time. Maybe next week will be better. Maybe next Thanksgiving will be good. Maybe the next time the family gets together, old crazy Uncle Bob won't go crazy on us. You know, maybe next time. And it's just like, it just seems like time after time, and it just feels like toil. And so Peter's there. He's watching the net. Jesus is preaching this sermon to the crowd. Now, here's what's amazing. That nothing really happened in the sermon. We don't hear about the sermon. Jesus preaches this message. Man, the whole crowd, nobody gets, nobody gets, oh, man, everybody gets saved, and all these people get healed. No, no, no. We don't even, Jesus just preaches a message. Nothing happens. As a matter of fact, he's just over there washing the nets. He's still like, hmm, what's going on? But again, then Jesus says this. I want you to push out into the deep. See, there's action required. After Jesus' message. And, and Peter responds by saying this. We've been doing this all night. Nothing's happened. But nevertheless, because you said so, we'll do it. Which translates this. I don't really want to. But because you said, I'll do it. And so they push out into the deep. And it's interesting. Same fishermen. Same boat. Same water. Same everything, but the big difference is Jesus gave the order. Now, Jesus, because you said so, let's do it. When we first started this church, uh, probably the first three years, it just felt like everything that we kept doing was just failing and failing. It just kind of felt like Moses, man, God, you told us to do this, but we just kept failing and failing and failing. And, And at some point, maybe around year four or something, we just kind of got enough sense to just just stop and just, God, okay, enough of like us trying to do this. What do you want us to do? What t- you tell us. And then, and then Jesus just began to speak. And you know what was amazing? We began to do a lot of the things that we had been doing all along. The difference was it was at his word now. It was because he said to do it. And God just made a little adjustment. See, oftentimes Jesus calls us to do the very thing that we've been doing all along. See, he tells them, listen, uh, Peter, I know you've been doing this. You've been fishing the spot time in, time out, and, and you've come up nothing time again. I know it, all of your work feels like toil, but now there's something different. Now I'm on the boat. Now I'm with you. And you're going to do something at my word. And, and he does it. And Peter even has this kind of attitude of, hey, we'll just kind of see what happens. And then God shows up. The, the nets get filled. And it's this amazing moment for Peter. He, he doesn't know what to do with himself. It's the moment that he's waited for, but it's come wrapped in a different package. It's different than what he expected. And see, sometimes I think the dreams and the vision, the thing that these deep waters that God puts inside of us, they they come rising to the surface, but they come in a different package than what we're expecting. And and we're not exactly sure how to grab hold of them because there's a part of us that wants to say, but God, I've been doing this all along. 
I've been doing this for the last 20 years. I've been doing this job and I hate it. And now you're telling me to do the exact same thing that I've been doing all along. Uh, I remember when uh, God first spoke to me and Devin about planting a church. Uh, we were at Seacoast Vineyard. This was, uh, I guess, eight or nine years ago. And, and, and whenever God spoke to me, I just sat there and cried. I cried not because of any reasons you might think. I cried because I thought to myself, no, like God, not a pastor. Like being a pastor is what you do when you can't get a real job. Like, <laughs> I'm just serious. Like that's what I thought. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like God, no, those guys. Like you don't want me. Like something else. Like it, it was kind of that moment where like every kid's dream. You know, I want to be Top Gun. I want. And if you watch Top Gun, which all of you should have watched Top Gun, that's part of church membership. And, <laughs> If you've watched Top Gun and you're a man in this room, there's not one single one of us that didn't want to be Maverick. We wanted to be Maverick. And, and so when God told me, Lucas, you're going to be a pastor, that was like saying, you're going to be Goose. <laughs> like, no, I want to fly planes and shoot stuff. I don't want to be like the guy with a navigational in the back. Like, who wants to be Goose? I want to be Maverick, God. You know, it, 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 it doesn't work. But I've learned something. And this is what I want you guys to remember. The adventure lies not in what we do, but the manner in which we do it. It matters not so much what you do, but the manner in which you do it. See, it doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're Maverick or Goose or, or you're sweeping, sweeping the dust off the floor at the factory or you're working at the checkout counter counter at Walmart, or, or you're changing tires. or It's not so much what you do, but it's the manner in which you do it. Because God, if you've told me to do this thing, this is where I belong. And this is where the adventure lies. And this is where you're calling me to push out into the deep. Even in this very thing that maybe I've been doing all my life, these guys have been fishing all their life, and Jesus says, hey, listen, there's something different happening. It's a new kind of water. Push out into the deep. You may not be too far from where the dream that God has for you. You may have been doing it all along. It may feel like it's toil, but God can turn it into satisfaction. He could take the boring, mundane, everyday, everything that you hate about your job and, and these things and say, you know what, but now that I'm in the boat, but now that you're doing it at my word, See, now, now you're, you're no longer at Walmart working for a paycheck, but you're there and you realize you're there because you're pastoring other people. Um, Bridget here at the church, she, she pastors people at Walmart. There are people that look to her and just when they know that they're having a bad day or something, man, can you pray for me? They may never step foot in a church building. They may never know... She is their pastor. And I'm not, I'm not here just, just to work for this paycheck because if it's just for this paycheck, this job sucks. Let's be honest. Every one of your jobs. Because if it's just for a paycheck, that stuff fades real quick. Real, real quick. No matter, because there's good days and there's bad days. But when all of a sudden you step into this reality of like, well, Jesus, you have me here for something so much more than this. 
So much more than just cleaning these houses. So much more than just changing these tires. So much more than just sweeping these floors. And God will begin to fill the nets. You will begin to feel the adventure and the excitement that you long for. It no longer matters that exactly what God has for me, but it's the manner in which I handle what he has already given me. It doesn't matter if he's given me 10 talents or five talents or just one talent. I'm going to take that one talent and do everything I can with that one because this is the thing that God's placed into my life. And, and here's, here's what's amazing about the story, about this call, is, is that God takes and, and, and he just adjusts Peter a little bit. He said, listen, you're no longer going to be fishing for fish anymore. Now you're going to be fishing for men. Something about your job, it, it, it's, going to, it's going to change roles a little bit. And now all of a sudden, it's going to be the very thing that's going to bring life. And all of those things that I've put inside of you from, a, from the very beginning, they're going to begin to bubble to the surface. And here's where it gets a little tricky. Because there's this moment where Peter has had the biggest payday of his entire life. The nets are full. The boat's so full that he's calling his boys over. It's sinking their boats. I mean, yes, we hit the lottery of fish. This is amazing. They're going to be talking about this all over. People are posting pictures on Facebook, Instagram, this thing, all of it. You know, everybody is, man, did you see what happened with Peter and the boat and this fish? And, all this? and it says this, but when they got to shore, he forsook it all. And here's, here, here's, what's, here's, here's the point. He realized what the true miracle was. The true miracle wasn't all these fish. The true miracle is the one who gave the word. That all of this happened because of the word of Jesus. And so when Jesus speaks, all of this can happen. And so, yes, God, I will in a minute forsake all of this, all of the worldly pleasures, everything that that the world tells me I'm supposed to have for this safety and security that I'm finding right here because my nets are full. Everything is good. But God, the one who gave the word, that's the miracle. Because if you've done it before, you could do it again and again. And again, and it doesn't matter if I step out of this boat and I fail because you're going to help me back up. And if I fail again, you're going to help me back up. And if I fail again, you're going to help me back up. Because at your word, I will do it. Success is listening to the one who gives the order. God's calling us out. He's calling us into a holy wild, an adventure that's beyond anything that we've ever dreamed about. And in this movie, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Into the Wild, it's a true story of this young man who sets out, and he's just kind of been jaded by the whole idea of, he's kind of started the American dream, his parents were literally rocket scientists, and they were working for NASA, and all these things, started their own company, and all these things, he had gone to college, he had graduated, Top of young, I think he, he said he could get into Yale, all these things. And, and he just, he was, he was just, he said, man, this road, it's just not, there's something wrong with it. And so he sets out on this journey, and the goal is to make it into the Alaskan wilderness and just kind of, man, be at one with nature and, and find true happiness and find true contentment. And so he does it. He goes on this, this kind of incredible journey, and he makes it to Alaska, and he's out there, and he's living off the land, and he's doing all these things, all the, the kind of dream. 
But um, I won't spoil the movie for you at the end, but there's this moment where um, he's dying, and he's writing in his journal, and he says this. Uh, he says this. Let me, let me read the exact words. Happiness is only real when shared. Happiness is only real when shared. He's gone through all these things. He's, he, he's just lived this kind of dream and looked for it, but he's done it alone. And at the end of the day, he says, man, it's, it's only real when shared. I see there's this moment where Peter has all of these things and the boats are filled, but he realizes, man, I've got to call my friends over. Y'all, y'all have got to come. Y'all, y'all have got to fill up your boats. And, and the thing that God's calling you to, you're not supposed to do it alone. You need other people alongside with you. It's real when it's shared. So often I think we just kind of think that we could do it all by ourselves, just me and Jesus. And God said, no, that's not how I've created you. As a matter of fact, there's all these verses in the Bible that, that just show how we're meant to live life together. God, it even goes to the point of saying, how can you say that you love God who you can't see but hate your brother who you do see? Or, or there's part where they're talking about prayer and it says, go first and make peace with your brother and then come back and offer your prayers and your sacrifices to God. And then again, when asked about the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor. It's like, the, it's in, inseparable. This whole idea of, well, it's just me and Jesus. No, 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 no. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be shared. Jesus is inviting you on this adventure. It's a holy wild. You're not going to go it alone. There are going to be people that are going to come into your life for seasons, people that'll come and go. There'll be people that will be closer than other people. And, and the thing, some, some of us, you want everyone to be your best friend, and that's just not going to happen. But God will send you a couple. There will be like the Peter, James, and Johns. There will be the ones that, that just kind of emerge. And they stick with you through the thick and the thin, through everything that life has. And, and part of it is just doing life together. Inside your hearts, there's some deep waters. Let's close our eyes this morning. There's some passion, some plans, and some visions. There's some things that God is stirring in you. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep waters, but a man of understanding will pull them out. There's some things that want to come rising to the surface. And here's the thing about this message. Just like Jesus' sermon, it's not what happened in the sermon. It's what happened after. It's you taking hold of that thing and stepping out into what God has called you to do. There's no goosebumps. There's no loud crowds there's no man the music was amazing the preaching was good people got healed no it's just peter and jesus and he says let's push out into the deep after the sermon is done and when jesus had finished speaking see sometimes we're looking for the big show the big 
but what are we going to do with the thing that God's brought to the surface now? Those dreams, those passions. God's asking you to push out into the deep. The life that you've always dreamed of is closer than you think. It's closer than you think. The happiness that you've been longing for and searching for is closer than you think. You want a guaranteed success. God just saying, come and follow me. Lord, at this moment, just, just stir. Stir up the gifts, God. Lord, may we be men and women that would have the courage to simply put our faith in you. Lord, at your word, we will let down our... This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come on, be.